All right, y'all. It is week four. The NFL season has wrapped up, and you know what that means. It is time to go around the league once again, all 32 style. Kyle Means here, editorial director of WeAreRigorRadio.com, the War Media Empire. We're still charging through. And alongside me is one of my top generals, Ryan Bukovetsky, holding it down as always with the Bears and the NFL talk. And uh, yeah, man, we're just here ready to do our thing. And we're going to do our thing, though, being that it is week four, you know, past week four now, heading into week five. But we're going to do our thing a little differently this week, uh, given that we're a quarter into the season. Uh, we're going to pick up on something that, uh, you know, if you read the website last year, you know, something that I started uh, doing was, you know, power rankings, uh, sort of quarterly power rankings of the NFL teams. Uh, pretty much I, I held it to a top 10. And uh, that's kind of we're, we're pretty much going to rank the top 10, but we're going to sort of we're going to extend it to really the top half of the league. Uh, no, we'll, we'll, we'll let you in on how we'll do it. Of course, uh, you know, as we, as we, uh, as the show unfolds, but, uh, this week, as opposed to our regular format, you know, it's a little, just a little tweaking, really not, not too much different. We're going to go over each game as we typically do. And, uh, but instead of doing just the, uh, the best and worst of each division, we're going to set up. The, the the rankings as we go along by explaining who are the top two teams in each division and those teams will be the ones who will be involved in the in the final rankings of the top 16 teams in the league and as i uh you know as we'll get back to you know actually i'll we'll be explaining it more i guess as we go along so make sure y'all catching up but uh, before we get into all that, uh, let me bring in Ryan. Ryan, how you doing, man? Doing good, Kyle. Kind of can't believe that the first quarter of the season is in the books, and now yeah. we're starting to get an idea of how teams are. But uh, it's still pretty early. It's it's an interesting time in the NFL. I think October is a very revealing month, and then you start going on the grind of the playoff chase after that. So. We're, uh, I'm excited to do these power rankings and excited to see how the season continues to unfold. But uh, sad it's moving so quick. Yeah, I'm with you, man. I was thinking about that this week. Like, we had spent so much time leading up to the season, you know, waiting on the on these games to start off. And now we're already a fourth and a, a quarter into a season, a fourth into the season. Yeah, these first four weeks just seem like they flew by. Yeah, it's been a lot of interesting games. I feel like there's, at least for right now, a ton of parity within the league, and it's it's just all those cliches that it's hard to win on the road, it's hard to win, period. And, and it's really interesting to see how these games just fly by, and we still don't have a full grasp on teams yet, and so much can change when you talk about injuries and just – what goes on with uh, just new players like some of these quarterbacks that are the backups of these big-time starters. They're playing well, and some of them are playing terrible. It's really just like a hodgepodge of action. Man, you're taking all type of words out of my mouth, man. I was 
I'm thinking that I was that was my main uh takeaway too from this week was the the is parity ruling once again in the league. You had a lot of teams who came into this week with you know O's or ones behind at the at the behind the dashes in their record, and they and they dropped down to ones and twos, and that really I think has narrowed the competition between a lot of the haves and have nots in the league. You had some, you know, teams assert themselves for the first time this, this season and others who have, uh, you know, got themselves closer to the top of their divisions. So it's going to be interesting, I think, as we break down each division and let, you know, f- try to formulate our top half of the, of the league, you know, we may have to think about some things and, I think uh, you know, just as, as we get right into it, uh, I think I, I think I want to start right away with the game that uh, the most recent game, the Monday night game, and it's interesting to me because you have the AFC North represented and on both sides, Steelers dominate the Bengals twenty-seven to three, and so you 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 both of these teams come into this game zero three. So the Steelers leaving one and three, not very impressive, of course, for for the first four games of the season. And uh, you know, you look at the Bengals; the Bengals just look like they're completely out of sorts, and you know, it's going to be hard to see them being, uh, you know, relevant at you know for the, as the remain as the remainder of the season unfolds. But I, I look at that Steelers team, and they were, I think, you know, given you know, you can measure up measure them up, measure them up against. The, the competition however you want, but I think they were pretty impressive. And given the fact that the other teams in their division, they also played each other on Sunday uh, this week, and you had the Browns, you know, with a pretty impressive win over the Ravens, 40 to 25. Now what that, what that does is that lowered, that lowered the Baltimore team that was pretty impressive the first two weeks of the season they're now down to two and two, and the Browns improved to two and two. So in the in the AFC North now, you have two two and two teams and a one and three Steelers team. And I don't think, you know, if if Mason Rudolph really can control that offense and get get them on the board with consistency. You know, there's, I don't think there's no reason why Pittsburgh can't compete in that division again. And you look at the Browns and the Ravens, they are two teams that are very talented, but they both have flaws. And, you know, this, I don't think either of them are going to run away with that division either. So, you know, Ryan, as a, you know, give me something here, man. What do you think about this division? It's, it's got, it seems to me to be potentially up in the air. I guess right now you still got to – give the advantage to the Browns and the Ravens and say that they'll be mostly fighting it out. But like I say, I think this week has left a little bit of a, a, a crack door open for Pittsburgh. You bring up a really good point, Kyle, because Mason Rudolph, we still don't know what he is. And he definitely looked a lot better in this game than he did in San Francisco the week prior. Um, so, we don't really quite know what Mason Rudolph we're going to get, but I would imagine that if he can play 
at least solid football. They have such a good offensive line. They have a solid running back in James Conner. They got a really good receiver in Juju Smith-Schuster. They're missing a couple guys on the injury uh, report, like uh, uh, Vance McDonald, who was injured for that game. So once they get a few guys back healthy and they add Minka Fitzpatrick, which should help them in their uh, defensive secondary, which is probably the weakest part of their team. And if you get a good hot streak out of TJ Watt and Bud Dupree, you're talking about a team that has enough talent that a lot of people felt they could win this division. So it's really going to be up to the offense sort of becoming what it should be. And at least some kind of level of consistency that they haven't quite shown yet, but between the, the Browns and Ravens, they can't really jump up and say that they've shown a ton of consistency either. Uh, looking at kind of scoring numbers as a team, I, I kind of like those numbers to see what teams are doing in terms of stopping teams from scoring as well as scoring themselves. And who is ever doing uh, either both at a very high level or doing one or the other, but one being extremely elite in kind of figuring out how good these teams are. And Baltimore you know, they're scoring basically with the Kansas City Chiefs tied at 33.8 points a game. But when you saw them against Cleveland last week, they really couldn't come up with much offensive at all. And really, Cleveland has done an excellent job in stopping people from getting points as they uh, give up 22.8, which is just about halfway in the league. So they're solid at not giving up too much. They're basically middle of the pack when it comes to offensive scoring as well. And that's where Baltimore, they give up about 25.8 points a game. So they're uh, really in the same park. I want to see Baltimore show a little bit more consistency against some of the better teams because they've really beaten up on the bad teams. But that defense hasn't looked stellar quite yet, and they need to figure that out because they need a strong defensive output with the type of offense that they're trying to run. Otherwise, if they get into shootouts with people, it's going to be a long, long season for the Ravens. So I would probably put the Browns at the top of the division right now because they just have such a solid defense and they have all the pieces on offense that you'd think they could figure out to, to be somewhat effective especially with how well Nick Chubb played last weekend. You'd think they'd be able to at least run the ball and do some play action with Baker Mayfield. And then I'll put the Browns just slightly below them, but uh, lurking in the shadows for sure would be the Steelers. We just got to see Mason Rudolph do some consistency. Yeah, I, I agree with you on all that, Ryan. I think I, I would think if I had to rank the defenses, I would probably put Baltimore at third right now and that's in this division. And, uh, you know, I think that that could be a source of some pain for them in the second half of the season if they don't, you know, uh, develop something more explosive or then, you know, something a little closer to the traditional defenses that they've had in Baltimore. It looks like they don't, they just don't have the playmakers like they've had in past years. But, you know, I think with, with Cleveland, I think they do have some playmakers on their defense. Mm-hmm. They've, uh, they've risen to the occasion against some teams like the Rams, and they, they, I think they're just more balanced than the rest of the teams in the division. And Pittsburgh, you know, they have some heavy hitters too, and they, they like you said, they gained a guy Minka Fitzpatrick, who can make a difference in their in their uh, pass defense. So, you know, like Pittsburgh still has work to do, so they're going to be number three. And you know, I definitely agree with you. Uh, Ravens are uh, two, and, uh, and 
right now the class of the division is the Browns. So the Browns and the Ravens coming out of this division uh, will be in our, our rankings. But uh, let's move over to the the AFC East. I think this will be another division where our top two will be pretty easy to uh, to glean. And uh, those top two faced each other in a, in a pretty uh, anticipated matchup this week. It was the uh, New England Patriots and those Buffalo Bills who showed some heart, but uh, in the end could not uh, you know, still couldn't get over their guys, uh, their rivals there. And, uh, you know, the Patriots, they, they, especially offensively, they did not look very impressive as, as usual. But their defense has looked as strong as ever. And uh, they, like I say, pull out the 16-10 win there in Buffalo. And elsewhere in the AFC East, you have, of course, the, uh, the Jets uh, wound up – Excuse me. Wound up. Uh, I'm saying, looking for him here. I'm saying, oh, Jets might have had. Uh, they must have had a bye week. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah Jets, actually, the Jets and 49ers. Did. Yeah, Jets and bye. Okay, thank you. Jets and 49ers. So first bye weeks of the season there. So uh, you know nothing really to to gain or lose for them anyway, given their start. And uh, also the Dolphins took another loss. I know uh, to the uh, Chargers, 30 to 10. That was the game, of course, I told you guys that uh, to bet the Dolphins uh, in the spread. And they, for the most most of that game, they were keeping it under 16. But, uh, you know, they let the Chargers get some more points on them in the end. Let me, let me look at this. Yeah, Chargers scored ten points in the fourth quarter, ten to ten to zero, and that that got them over uh, over that sixteen and a half spread that the Dolphins. Uh, you know, I, I'm I'm not gonna mess around and bet anything on the Dolphins anymore this season. <laughs> I'm gonna leave them alone. Burn. Yeah, I'm gonna leave them alone. So you know, it, it's really no. I don't think it's uh, no depths that this team can go at this point. Right, don't put a ceiling on how bad they could be, Kyle. Yeah, yeah, they've. I'm. I've learned my lesson there. But uh, let's uh, you know, let's. Like I said we leave them alone. They're 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 not gonna factor in any power rankings. They're the opposite of powerful right now. But you did have uh the Patriots and Bills, two winning teams faced off against each other, and uh, the Patriots got the better of it. But uh, from your point of view, Ryan, what did you think of this matchup and? Uh, you know, what do you take away from it? Well, I think you take away uh, a few things. Uh, again, it's still just really early in the year, so I don't, I don't want to make too many grand conclusions. I know you don't want to, and I would advise anyone not to. It just It's getting to that point where we're really going to understand teams. But right now, I would definitely put the Patriots above the Bills in terms of the power rankings, the class of the East uh, going to the Patriots. And part of that is just due to the fact that we don't know Josh Allen's health status right now. And without their quarterback, uh, you saw with how bad Matt Barkley was. I mean, they're just, they're not going to be competitive. But with Josh Allen, 
they've got a very Baltimore Ravens type dynamic where they're going to play really good defense and except I think this Bills defense is actually really good oh yeah or uh, on the edge of being really good and then they have a, a pretty potent running attack and an opportunistic passing game so if one they get Josh Allen back I think that they are a stronger team than people are giving them credit for they might fight for a wild card spot at the end of the year, but uh, certainly they're going to be a better team than they were la- at the end of last season. Yeah, I think I think a, a better comparison to Baltimore of uh, with the Bills would be the Bears, and uh, we'll get into the yeah. we'll get into the Bears uh, when we talk about the North. But you know, uh, Allen is a guy who you know, like Trubisky this week, you know, uh, took a big hit. And, you know, we got to see what the status is going to be with him going forward. But he's a guy who you can't explicitly rely on, but he does give you some things now and then. And, you know, when things are rolling, you know, he can like he can look pretty good. But you got but if you're the if you're the Bills like the Bears, you got to rely on the running game and you're and you're, you know, above average defense to uh you know, help you control games and and uh, take the ball away from the opposing teams. And, uh, you know, this that was something that the Bills just couldn't do enough of, you know, unsurprisingly against uh, the Patriots. And, you know, like you said, there's the only way you can really rank the East right now is, is uh, New England one and, and the Bills two. But the Bills should feel pretty encouraged coming out of this game. You know, they don't – they got to go to Foxborough later in the year, but you know the Bills are still looking like a possible playoff team, in my opinion. Yeah, and I think it's it's very fair. We got to see what the Bills kind of do as the season progresses, and if they can come out with a victory in New England uh, when they play later on, that'll be a definite signature win. But uh, for the Patriots, you know, Tom Brady did not look good at all. He looked his age. That defense is great. They have a decent run game. I expect everything to get better with the Patriots, but certainly something to watch because I I thought last year that Drew Brees sort of faded down the stretch, and I wonder if Tom's going to kind of succumb to that a little bit. And do they have the team around him? Do they have enough of a defense, enough of an offense that – if they go up against a team like Kansas City or, or some of the other elites around the league, are they going to be able to do enough to win those games, sort of like what Peyton Manning and the Broncos did when they had their elite defense and Peyton Manning was just good enough at reading defenses and they ran the ball with enough success? Uh, certainly something to watch. I expect uh, the Patriots to bounce back. I still think that they're one of the best teams in the league, but uh, certainly uh, interesting to see how maybe this unfolds because, you know, Tom is going to get old eventually and it's probably going to happen quick. Yeah, and and there's there's definitely a risk involved for New England. They could get they could very well get caught with their pants down, you know, when it comes to that point where Brady is does his fall off, and, and that's gonna happen. Is he's he not even Brady can hold back Father Time indefinitely. You know, he's he's done a hell of a job so far doing it, but eventually Father Time is gonna is gonna take him down just like it does everybody else. But uh, yeah. But yeah, let's move on to uh, the rest of the AFC divisions, 
And uh, let's, uh, I think let's start off with the, uh, as we look at the other two divisions, let's go to the South. And um, the two and twos. Yeah, yeah, this is going to be. Uh, Deuces are wild in the South. <laughs> Deuces are wild, yeah. We go, yeah, this, this may take a little thinking on our part from uh, getting the getting the top two teams from this division, but uh, one of those teams, the Titans, 24-10 win over Atlanta, who uh, just continues to disappoint. And, um, you know, I, we'll, I guess we'll talk a little bit about them, and I, I stress a little bit when we get to the NFC South. But the Titans got a good win on the road, and um, like I say, they've put the, they're keeping themselves at, at pace with the rest of their division, which is you know mediocre, but it's it's up for it's up in the air uh, because you also have the Jaguars who miraculously and uh, you know took took down the Broncos in Denver, you know kind of up you know one up the Bears what the Bears did a couple weeks ago and and stealing a win from the Broncos. Got to feel a little bad for uh, Vic Fangio at this point. He, his guys just can't get over the schneid. But uh, 26-24, Gardner Minshew still swagging them out down there, you know, in Duval with the Jaguars. So, uh, you know, Jaguars get to improve their record. And look at the rest of the division. The Texans, they were, uh, you know, looked to be a, a step ahead of the division, but they fall back with a 16-10 loss to Kyle Allen and those Panthers. And, uh, you know, pretty bad loss for the Texans. Uh, it, you know, uh, Deshaun Watson just didn't look very, very good at all. And, you know, it, you, you got to wonder about the – you know, the Texans are a team that usually they don't fall off this early in the season. But uh, you got to wonder about these guys right now, uh, especially given – some of the fight that the rest of that division is starting to show and the Colts Colts, another team could have, uh, you know, made some room for themselves and uh, separated themselves, but they took a loss to the, to the Raiders at home 31, 24. And, uh, you know, you look at that, that's, so you got uh, two, two of these teams in the division, the two, probably the two teams who come into it, this week we thought were the better teams in the Colts and the Texans taking the L's at home. Uh, Titans like went on the road and got a pretty definitive win over the Falcons and the Jaguars just showing some Jaguar magic where uh, there hasn't been any, there hasn't been much of it leading into this, this week, but they, they, uh, I think they're, they're starting to believe in Gardner down there. So Ryan, you know, what, what do we make of this division? And you know, is there any separation among these these four teams right now? Yeah, if there is separation, it's not by much. And uh, you, can, you look at some of the the point differentials in the league. You got Houston Texans at zero; they've given up seventy eight. They've scored seventy eight. The Colts minus eight, ninety four, scored one hundred two, given up. Jags eighty four and eighty four, zero point differential. The Titans have the biggest with 91 and 62 at plus 29. So they've got 91 points scored. They uh, have the worst tie break really going on because they're 0-2 in the division, the only one without a win. And uh, they're 1-2 against the conference. And you look at the Texans, who scored the least, 
and given up the least, but uh, they have a 2-0 and record against the conference, and they have won their only division game. So right now I'm going to shakily put the Houston Texans as the class of the South. I'm going to do that because of really Deshaun Watson and that defense, but there is not – there's something wrong there, it feels like. It, it just doesn't seem like they – are consistent enough to really be a division winner, but they might just be de facto because I don't know if anyone's going to be very consistent. And number two in this division is a coin flip to me between uh, the Colts and the Jags right now. I, I don't believe in the Titans. I still just, even though that was an impressive win against Atlanta, I, Atlanta has just been the king of disappointment games the last few years, so I'm not going to put too much stake into that win quite yet because the Titans normally what they do is take a step forward and then a step back, and I, I got to see them go on a streak, and that's probably going to be the difference in the division. Whoever goes on a, a nice win streak and can sustain it for a few weeks, and that way you can kind of create some separation because it's probably going to be a pretty – uh, just eight and eight type division across the board with maybe a team falling off after some significant injuries. But between the two, I'm going to just stick with the Colts. I like their team a little bit more. I think they were just looking past the Raiders and didn't come out right. And you saw at the end of the game, they were coming back, just not enough time from when they uh, just didn't get started. So I think that that's still a team kind of young and kind of transitioning to becoming a, a really solid, good team. That's a game that I think that they'll be able to learn from and improve, and I'll put them at number two right now. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm willing to agree with you on that one. I think you could make a good argument for the Jags in sure. that number two spot. I, I think you could argue anyone, really, Kyle. I, I think sure. Who you like, kind of. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. I was I would say the Jags probably their defenses maybe edges out the Colts a little bit. Though the Colts have dealt with some injuries, so and you know they have they do have some players on their own. You no, know, Brissett had a night nice, had a pretty nice game. His uh he wasn't too efficient throwing, but he he put up some numbers two sixty five and three touchdowns. They were disappointing on the ground. Uh, you know I didn't watch the game really, so I, I wonder how that played out in in terms of them controlling the ball and the possession and everything. But you know uh. It, you know, yeah, the, the Raiders, the Raiders have been surprising. Uh, you know, they they haven't been as bad, really bad at all. And, you know, they definitely could be worse. And so I guess you can't hold the Colts. You know, that would have been a worse – it would have been a worse loss for the Jags if they lost. Even, even I think, if even with it being in Denver, I think it would have been a worse loss if they lost to Denver than the Colts would. You know, comparing it to the Colts losing to uh, Oakland because you no, know, Oakland beat the uh, Oakland beat Denver as well. So, uh, yeah, I, I guess you can buy a shade. You can give the Colts that number two spot, but I would say, you know, regardless, as we look at the final sixteen, you know, that's probably going to be fifteen and sixteen there. Those two teams from the South. So, yeah, neither of those teams are definitely top ten material right now. Yeah, I really – I wouldn't put them – I mean, maybe if you just love the potential of the Texans because of how many good players they have, you can maybe argue them at number 10 or something, but I'm with you. that 
they're probably more towards the bottom middle pack of the the or I'm sorry towards the middle of the pack when it comes to the power rankings. Uh, a team that certainly isn't in the middle is the Chiefs, but they had a scare put into them uh, as we go into the West, the AFC West. Uh, they edge out Detroit 34-30 in, in Detroit on Sunday, and that was a great game to look at. Uh, you know, a lot of uh, you know crazy plays in there, some some con- some controversies, but overall, it was just about these two offenses really getting at getting after it and uh, really uh, taking advantage of of uh, opportunities, you know, throughout the game. And uh, you look at Mahomes, of course, and uh, Stafford; those are two quarterbacks who could sling it, and they definitely did that on Sunday. But uh, the Chiefs. Pulled out the win. I was kind of actually rooting for the Lions. A rare time where I would, where I, I could ever put myself in a position to even think about doing that. You know, you but always love that underdog, Kyle. Yeah, it, it's it's in it's in us. It, it's inbred in us as sports fans, man. But it, it just would have been it would have been a hell of a thing to see Detroit knocking off Kansas City, even at this early part of the season. But uh, in the end, they couldn't. You know, they couldn't make it happen. So. You know, getting the Lions are the Lions. So, but but they, you know, I said we'll we'll talk about them as we get into the NFC North a little bit, and they uh, have reason to feel encouraged about their start as well. But uh, the Chiefs definitely, like I said, we took we got the week. You know, we, we say the same thing. The Super Bowl contenders, obviously, they're you know if they're not one, they're two in the AFC, and uh, they're you got to wonder when they're going to lose. Going forward, I'm take a quick look at their upcoming schedule. And I know next week uh, they got they already got the Sunday night game against the Colts next week. So uh, I don't know, you know, the Colts are going to have to step up in that one. And the game's going to be in Kansas City too. So I don't know. It's just, uh, going into October. It still may be a a little while before we see those Chiefs take a loss. But uh, looking at the rest of the AFC West. Uh, we already talked about the Chargers. Uh, easy win, easy, you know, easy assignment. Of course, uh, going to Miami took them down, thirty to ten, and the Broncos had the uh, the uh, tough loss to Jacksonville, twenty six twenty four, and those Raiders took down the Colts, thirty one twenty four. So you have the Raiders at two and two, Broncos are zero and four. They're not going to be a factor in our power rankings, of course. And the Chargers, uh, they are two and two as well with the Raiders. So I guess the 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 one, uh, you know, obviously the Chiefs are going to be in our top five, I would say, in our rankings overall. But uh, you know, let's look at let's look at the, who's going to be number two. Would you would you edge more towards the Chargers or the Raiders, Ryan? Yeah, definitely Chiefs number one. Um, based on how they're playing right now, boy, that is tough. Because you look at some of the, the Chargers, they've lost to uh, the Texans, and I'm blanking on the other team that they lost to, and they've beaten the Colts, they've beaten the Dolphins. So not not an overly impressive start to their season. Oakland. You could maybe argue the other way that they've had 
a pretty impressive start because you just didn't think that there would be much there, and they've beaten the Colts and uh, the Broncos. And Chargers lost to the Lions. The Chargers bust the Lions, that's right, in uh, in Detroit, and they, uh, they did not look great in that game. I, I think I'm just going to go with uh, – with the Chargers for now, but boy, the Raiders this Sunday against the Bears in London—that's a—that's a signature type win if they were able to get it, especially against Khalil Mack. You know that backstory, and uh, if they were able to get to three and two and beat that Bears team that uh, has that bona fide of a defense, I think that's just a huge victory for them, and maybe that shows them as the top or one of the top two teams in the division. Yeah, it's a perfect situation for the Raiders. They they get to play the Bears outside the country, so any number of wacky things could happen over there in London. And like you say, they, you know, we've we've heard here in Chicago, of course, Khalil Mack is is going to be very motivated coming into this game, but the Raiders got to be pretty motivated as well to show that you know the whole league has been laughing at them for over a year now because of this trade. This is a chance for them to, you know, say screw you to the rest of the league. And, you know, if they pick, like I say, they pick up a win against a, a, a competitive team like the Bears, that's going to do a, a, a hell of a lot for them, for their confidence. Yeah, and, uh, you know, certainly everyone is expecting Khalil Mack to ruin the Raiders' day. So they would have – you would think plenty of motivation to show otherwise, but looking at, uh, you know, again, what they've done scoring wise, they've given up 102 points and they've scored 79 total and the chargers have scored 90 and given up 74. I feel like the chargers have holes on their team that uh, certainly they didn't quite have last year and losing their safety. Derwin James has really hurt their defense and their team overall. Uh, that that was a big playmaker for them last year. So if they get him back and get him up and playing, certainly that could maybe ramp them up a little bit more. And I think as the season goes on and they know a little bit better about what guys are doing, that they're going to show that separation and kind of show that they are really still the, the second best team to the Chiefs in this division. And you got to figure in Melvin Gordon too. They They've been able to – stay afloat at 500 without him. I know uh, I know there are some stats that say that they may play just as well or even better in some ways without him than with him, but he's a talent and you know you, you got to figure that they're talent wins games. Yeah. I mean that's really as simple as that. You got to figure they're better with him than without him even if he's going to take some t- uh, some some carries and some targets away from Eckler and Jackson who have done well and uh, replacing him. But, uh, you know, gaining him, uh, that's a good thing. And like you said, if if James comes back and he's able to, uh, you know, be himself in any way, then that's another big return for the defense. So, yeah, definitely at this point and going forward in the immediate future, you know, yeah, you got to figure that uh, – you got to give the edge to the Chargers. But uh, – I mean, look at their look at their and and they got the Broncos at home this week. They better not lose that game. So you, you got to right. figure they'll be three and two coming out of week five. Yeah, and we'll see if Oakland's there, and if not, maybe that's the separation that starts. Yeah, there you go.
So um, let's go to the NFC now. And uh, as we have, we have our well, first, let me say our top eight teams that we pick out of the AFC. Uh, the in the in the north, you got the Browns and the Ravens. In the east, you have the Patriots and the Bills. In the south, you have the Texans and the uh, we, went, we went with the uh, Colts and. In the West, we have the Chiefs and the Chargers. So those are the eight teams. Uh, at the end of the show, we're going to figure them out with the top eight in the NFC, and we'll have our top 16. I'm, I'm, a, I'm actually uh, – we're, we're, we're going to publish this, too, on uh, WeAreRegalRadio.com uh, in the next day or two. So, uh, you know, if you listen to us, you know, you can – you'll have, you'll have the, the – We'll have the post on the site there for everyone to look at and just to keep a record of as we go, you know, uh, further into the season. But uh, you know, let's look. Let's look at the NFC now, and uh, let's. I guess we start in the North in the AFC. Let's start the North in the NFC as well, and let's start with those Bears, who uh, I think you know have got. I think they played themselves into our rankings, our top rankings. With their win, sixteen six, uh, you know, as, as you've as you've written already, Ryan, just a a good old school uh, slugfest. You know, the Bears they'll use their defense like a sledgehammer again, and just uh, really deteriorated the Vikings, who came into the game with the top rushing attack in the league, and it didn't really they didn't really do much of anything with with uh, Cook. In this game, uh, Kirk Cousins is on shaky ground now, now as well with his performance at quarterback. Uh, the Bears took some hits as well. Mitch Trubisky is out for the time being. There's some weird stuff apparently going on with uh, with Roquan Smith. Uh, we don't know much about that now, but uh, I guess that's going to come to a head at some point soon. Uh, the Bears play without six starters, including, I think, three uh, pro bowlers in the game, but they were just as dominant as they've been at any point this season so far. So uh, you look at them, they're three and one now. They're tied with the uh, uh, Packers, who took a loss on on Thursday night, 34-27, a big win for the Eagles. Uh, and uh, you know, like the, the Packers have the have they still have the division lead, I guess, because they are. You know they they own the tiebreak over the Bears, but with the overall record, you have two three and one teams in the Packers and the Bears, and it looks like uh, I would I would think Ryan that you agree with me that those are the top two teams coming out of the North, but the North is still a very competitive division overall. When you look at the Vikings, who you know didn't do what they wanted to do uh, Sunday, but they're still at two and two, and they're still. You know, you, you still got to figure to hear from them as the season uh, continues to unfold. And again, uh, the Lions, we talked about them 34 30, uh, very competitive against Kansas City. They're, uh, what, two, uh, two one and one now. That, that was their first actual loss of the season. So they're a winning team as well. And, uh, you know, pretty, their best start on the map, Patricia. And you got to figure that 
they're going to be competitive as well going into at least the second half of the season because they have they have offensive weapons and they have an improved defense. Yeah, uh, definitely no cakewalk for the NFC North. Uh, Minnesota, they're in the worst-case scenario for the Bears when we were talking about the previewing. Uh, falling to 0-2 in the division, that's going to be very, very competitive. They can't afford to lose many – probably another two losses, and they're definitely out of the hopes of the division. Another loss, they're probably definitely out still, too. I'll give them a little bit more life. But they really can't lose any more divisional games. So they're going to be at such a premium, especially with one more road game in Detroit. They've been terrible on the road. Uh, For Detroit, a little bit more I want to see from them, but certainly positive signs. Uh, They've they've really given up a lot of points, though, to, to teams. And overall, they sit at giving up by far the most at 95 in the division total. The next highest is the Packers at 69. They are also scoring a lot of points at 97, but they've gone up against some really bad defenses. So I wonder if there's a market correction coming their way a little bit. Uh, We'll see definitely in the second half, but I'm with you. The top two teams right now, I would say, are the Packers and the Bears. And uh, I'll give a slight edge to Green Bay because their uh, lone loss uh, really is just the Eagles, while the Bears' lone loss is to the Packers. It's really... Really close uh, for the Bears, even though they're still trying to figure out an offense and get a, a consistency in their scoring from their offensive output. But that defense giving up only 45 points so far this season, I mean, they are just such an elite unit that they are like almost single handedly carrying this team to the top of our power rankings and, and one of the better teams because, man, you. Uh, you got to be careful if you play this uh, this Bears defense. If they get that offense rolling, they'll certainly be the class of the NFC North again. As for the Packers, uh, that offense is better, that defense is better, but uh, something just seems still a little off with them, and uh, they got to figure that out. Whether it's it's kind of have more continuity on offense and maybe a, a little bit more consistency on defense. But uh, that will probably work out with time. It's going to be interesting to see with them. I think that they're a good team, but I don't know how good yet. Yeah, yeah. We, we, I think we look at both the Packers and the Bears. You, you have two teams that have a lot going for them, but they still have some – there's something muddling their offensive philosophies. Uh, you know, when you look at Green Bay, they had that perfect chance to – uh, take the game over in the end against Philadelphia, but they, uh, you know, they had, they, they didn't, they didn't move in the in the red zone with confidence, and they had, uh, you know, they sort of had Rodgers out there scrambling and and left on his own, and they uh, didn't pick up the the score that they needed, the go ahead score that they needed to to beat Philadelphia Thursday night, and we look at the Bears, of course, you know, we all know. The Bears' issues on offense. That there's not a complete confidence in the starting quarterback. You know, as as it is typical around here, people want to bring. You know, figure that the backup is the savior. And you know, Daniel did look good and you know, as expected, but there's there's an explicit limitation to his ability. You know, physically. You know, he can run the offense all day. He can run Nagy's offense in his sleep. 
but you know how much firepower can you really expect from Chase Daniel? So you know that's going to be an issue with the Bears. You know when he's under the center, and you know the issue with Trubisky right now is just how hurt is he? You know the the injury. You know on the fortunate side is to his non-throwing shoulder, but you know you still don't want your your quarterback in a sling for any uh, extended period of time with any either of his arms. So uh, and 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 we're also talking about a quarterback who needs to gain more confidence in himself and uh, gain more time under the center. You know he's he's he hasn't played a full season yet. So and he's already a quarterback who didn't have much experience before that. So you know it's uh, I, we talk about his overall maturation. He just keeps getting these hits to him. And uh, you know, I think that's that's gonna hurt the Bears overall if they want to uh reach the highest of heights. But like you said, that defense is is fantastic and they're probably as, as far as individual units go, they're probably the most definitive unit in the league right now. They're the ones who are really very much powering the Bears uh, you know, ascension as much as any one side is you know, except for maybe you can argue the Kansas City offense is powering their ascent, you know, in the league, you know. So, uh, you know, the Bears, like I said, they played themselves into the rankings, uh, but they, I agree, I agree with you too. They're, they're you got to put them at number two in the North behind Green Bay because Green Bay has that head-to-head win, and uh, you know, they're just a little bit more, you know, when you look at the quarterback situation, even though they're there's some issues it looks like with Rodgers and LaFleur, you know, getting on the right page, getting on the same page, you still are talking about Aaron Rodgers as opposed to, uh, you know, Mitch Trubisky and, uh, you know, McDan- and Daniel, I should say. So, uh, yeah, that's that's pretty much what it comes down to there with the North. But uh, let's move over to the NFC East. And the NFC East – the Giants are now a 500 team in in that division. Two winners of two in a row. They are able to take advantage of the, of having the slurs on on their schedule this week, and ask the Bears how much of a pick me up that is. But uh, the Giants took down Washington 24-3 at home on Sunday to improve their their standing and improve uh, the keep the good start going for the rookie quarterback, Daniel Jones. And uh, elsewhere, you had uh, the Cowboys losing to the Saints, anticipated Sunday night matchup, Uh, not much offense in that game, 12 to 10, New Orleans won, but uh, two of the better defenses in the league definitely uh, showcased themselves in that game. And, the remaining team, the Eagles, also were in prime time this week. And like we said before, they edged out the Packers 34-27 in Green Bay. Big win for the Eagles. And the Eagles are 2-2 two and two as well. I would um, I would suspect that you got to put the Eagles, you know, the, the uh, Dallas is 3-1. and one. You know, they're leading the division. They're – a legitimate contender in, in most people's eyes 
So you got to put I, – I figure we put them at one in this division. And um, now I guess the Eagles got to be number two, even though the Giants are two and two as well. But, you know, they they took advantage of two bad teams. And, uh, you know, it, it's just hard overall when you look at the talent overall with the Giants and, you know, compared to the Eagles, I, I would think you agree with me on this, Ryan, that you have to – edge out the Eagles compared to the Giants. Yeah, I do. I think that uh, the Cowboys and the Eagles are the top two in the division, but I think that this division as a whole could look very different when we get to maybe our third or certainly our final power rankings. Uh, Dallas, to me, on Sunday watching that game, did some things okay, but it kind of looked like old Dak a little bit. It it looked like kind of old you know, problems with the offense that the Cowboys have like apparently or allegedly fixed with Kellen Moore. So that I think bears some watching. Was it just a one-off? Was it something? Because certainly they uh, benefited from a very weak schedule to start. That was really their first tough, tough game that they've had. So are we seeing maybe the true Cowboys a little bit? I thought their defense would also be able to get some more turnovers but they've really not created many turnovers whatsoever on defense. And then looking at, uh, you know, the Eagles, they've got a, a solid team, certainly a team that can uh, can definitely get all the way because they have a lot of talent. They're kind of hurting with some injuries all across uh, the board, but getting back Alshon Jeffrey made such a difference for their offense against Green Bay. If they can get to a level of consistency, I, I still think that they have a chance to be the class of the division. And so uh, certainly I'll give the Cowboys a slight edge because they've done a little bit more and they've been a little bit more consistent. But uh, I feel like the East is a little volatile in the NFC. Yeah, I, it's, it's definitely reason to feel that way. I'm, I'm, I like how you project it, too, that this division could look a lot different. And, and I think in particular – I wouldn't be surprised to see the Eagles outpace the Cowboys over the course of this season. You know, you look the Eagles could be very well three and one, or you know, arguably even four and zero oh right now. But uh, they definitely could be three and one. They took the that tough loss to the Lions last week, but uh, they looked very they looked very good, and I think overall against Green Bay in a game that. You know, most people wouldn't have picked them to win. Uh, you know, c- quick turnaround on Thursday on the road, and you know, they, they I think they, sh- like I say, they showed a lot. And if they, if they get healthy, if they just get at least a little bit healthier, and you know, game back, game back those players like Jeffrey and Jackson who can keep their offense above board, then yeah, they, there's got to be a tough team for anybody to face in the NFC. Yeah, and you know another thing with the Eagles, their one of their losses is Atlanta's only win on the season. But, yeah. You know, if they win that game, Atlanta's zero and four. So they've uh, they missed on some opportunities early in the season, and that could come back to bite them. But if they take care of business against the division and against Dallas, they'll certainly be in good shape. Right, right, and and that's that's the key because, like you said, those two losses were out of division, so. They could still very well clean up in the East and win that division and put themselves in a good position for the playoffs. So uh, there'll be some 
highly competitive games in the East between those uh, definitely Dallas and, and Philly. And uh, maybe you can throw New York in there a little bit as well. Maybe they'll maybe they'll be an, uh, an upset-minded team going forward. Yeah, perhaps. We'll see, I guess, how Daniel Jones continues to develop there. Right, right. And let's move over to the NFC South. We've already done some picking on the Falcons. Uh, close to an 0-4 team, but not quite. Just 1-3. And, and um, you know, they took that 24-10 loss, as <coughs> previously stated, to Tennessee on Sunday. The Buccaneers, man, a wild win at L.A., and uh, we, I guess we'll talk about this as when we wrap up with the West. You know, you, you, you know, you've been sort of on this since the preseason with with LA. Like they, they got some, they got some holes, man, that are that are developing out there. And you know, you give up fifty five points, a team record uh, to Tampa Bay, man. That's definitely showing uh, quite a bit of, uh, of of holes right there in in LA. But Buccaneers. Definitely a big win for them. The, coming off of the tough loss to the Giants, they show some more of their firepower. And, uh, you know, like I say definitely a, a pickup, uh, pick me up, I would say, for Tampa Bay, who improved their record to two and two. And uh, the Saints, of course, 12 10 win over the Cowboys. Big win for them. They remain, uh, definitely got to say that they're the class of the South. At three and one, and uh, you know they should be in our our power rankings. And uh, I say Fal- Falcons, Bucks, and oh, I'm missing out. <laughs> Panthers, Panthers, yes, Panthers, Panthers. Uh, the win over the Texans. Uh, so they're t- they are two and two as well, and they're seeing some good things from Kyle Allen. Uh, not overly explosive, but he's not. Uh, you no, know, he's he's standing up right, and uh, you know they got one of the best overall players in the league in McCaffrey, and you know they, you know, as, as well another team too that typically has a pretty good defense. Carolina does, and uh, they're 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 getting by. So, uh, you know, if you look at the South. We definitely have a clear number one in the Saints. So uh, who would you put at number two between Carolina, who uh, you know is obviously dealing with uh, the injury with their their franchise QB, but is seeing but is another one of these teams in the league. There's been several of them who are, are seeing something good from backups. But uh, you know, with Tampa Bay, you have their franchise guy is in. And he looks to be receiving some uh, an upgrade in coaching from Bruce Arians and Byron Leftwich, but they uh, still, you know, pretty pretty bad uh, defensively. Uh, you know, what was your take on on the South, Ryan? Uh, definitely the Saints number one. I'm going to go Buccaneers for now as the second best team from the division, narrowly ahead of the Panthers. I like what the Panthers are doing. Uh, they're getting production out of the quarterback spot, and it's really showing. They're finally making some plays offensively, and that defense, even though they lost Kawan Short, is playing really solid. And uh, because of that season-ending injury, took Kawan Short. I'm going to keep the Bucks just ahead 
they have uh, a couple more impressive victories and one of them being over the Panthers. But uh, Carolina, I, I think that they're still a team. If they get that production out of the quarterback spot, they can be a team that really charges late here. And from what I hear with uh, Drew Brees, uh, I think this was reported on on the Lawrence Home Show uh, earlier today that uh, he had some kind of surgery with his thumb where they put in an actual like rod or, or put in an actual brace that may make that thumb heal quicker. So he might actually be back sooner than later, which means uh, that this Saints team, they've shown just so much with Teddy Bridgewater. You can, you can imagine how much better it would be with Drew Brees at quarterback. They're looking like uh, a team that you really, really have to look out for in the NFC. Yeah, and uh, we look at the Bears. They're gonna see them in the in the next month, so we'll we'll see this the Saints team up close. I don't know if uh, you know by the time we have our next uh, power rank, because I don't know. Uh, probably not expecting Breeze to be uh, back by then, but like you say, uh, Bridgewater's been holding the water, and you know they they still have some playmakers, you know, with Kamara and Thomas and such. Um, you know, Hill, the, the the quarterback, you know, Taysom Hill, uh, the sometimes quarterback Taysom Hill, uh, and their defense is just pretty solid, man. They, they're really getting after teams, and they, they do not make things easy at all when it comes to uh, playing in that in that dome down there in New Orleans. So, either, yeah, right as of now, definitely uh, New Orleans is a top team in the league. Uh, still a contender in the NFC, and uh, you know if if Breeze is able to come back and be a little bit of himself, you know we we mentioned earlier he's he's a guy who another guy like Brady who we're looking at to fall off, and he's shown more signs of that than Brady has, but he's still a competitor. So you got to figure that if he's out there, that the Saints are going to be better than than. Uh, him not being out there, and they're going to be a contender for for the uh, NFC Championship if he's out there and help. So, uh, as we look at our final division, NFC West, a pretty tough division as well, a competitive division. And uh, this week, though, I think they took a hit, though, this week, uh, with the Rams' loss, like we said, 55-40 to Tampa Bay in Los Angeles. That's not a good look for that team. But uh, Seahawks and Cardinals in the intra-division uh, contest there. Cardinals, of course, a young team rebuilding. Not going to be much of a factor in any power rankings, but Seattle definitely is going to be a factor. They uh, rebound off of their loss to New Orleans last week with a 27-10 victory in Arizona. And the remaining team is those 49ers, who uh, is the other team that took a bye week, uh, the first bye week of the season. So, uh, you know, we can't really say anything about them yet, but they have gone off to a good start. And um, I think they are, are – they, they're 3-0, yep. right? Yep. Ryan? So – uh, they remain uh, uh, one of the few undefeated teams left in the league, uh, able to win by not playing this week. So uh, 
I guess looking at this division, do we put the 49ers at the top, even though they haven't played four games yet, or would you rather put uh, the the Seahawks up there? Uh, yeah, that's a tough one. Um, I'm gonna. I guess we'll go with San Francisco at the top. Um, they haven't really played anybody, but that's not their fault. They've won every game, and for the most part, they've done it in impressive fashion. Uh, they definitely should have lost that game to the Steelers, giving up five turnovers, but the offense continues to do enough. The defense continues not to give up many points themselves. Uh, they're probably right next to the Bears at points given up because uh, they've been just terrific all season long so far, averaging uh, just giving up 18 points a game. And that uh, if the defense keeps it under 20, you would think that an offense with Kyle Shanahan and uh, Jimmy Garoppolo would find a way to win a lot of games. So I'm going to keep them at the top for now. I, I certainly think there could be a market correction there, and I think that Jimmy G has a lot to prove still before we can kind of label him uh, one of the best quarterbacks in the NFC, but he's definitely showing trends of that rather than the opposite. And uh, for the Seahawks, uh, I'll put them just below the 49ers. They have been, uh, I think, really competitive. Russ has looked great. The defense, uh, you know, has has been pretty solid for the most part. A couple games, maybe not great. They haven't, uh, I think, hit their stride, and maybe limitations with their offensive line and their secondary will prevent them. But for now, there's enough there that I feel good about the direction that they're going in, and especially with Pete Carroll, who has proven to be one of the best head coaches in football with getting his team ready to play week in and week out. They got a big game against the Rams that I'm – I'm sure that they're champing at the bit to be able to show off that they are actually the big uh, brother now in the division versus last year where they came close and lost each game to the Rams. And the Rams, they're outside, I think, for now because they barely won all the games that they've won. And then you lose uh, really a a head-scratcher with Aaron Donald in that defense to give up 55 points. You just – you wonder what's going on with the Rams because they just don't look quite right and they don't have that run game, and I think it's affecting their entire team. And that's something that uh, certainly is going to get more and more scrutinized as the season goes along if we don't see more and more of Todd Gurley doing what Todd Gurley used to do because without him, I, I don't know if the team is quite good enough to really compete in that division, especially if San Francisco and Seattle keep up the pace that they're at. Yeah, a lot of unanswered questions for the Rams uh, right now, and I, it doesn't get any easier. I expect the Seahawks to make a statement on Thursday, and uh, you know, put the put the Rams further back in that division. Uh, myself, I, I think that's what's going to happen there. But Seahawks, I I think this is the, a division where I would put a one A and a one B. I, I really think the Seahawks, if if you had the Seahawks and and the Niners facing each other this week, I would pick the Seahawks to win. I probably would too. Regardless of, yeah, regardless of where they play. And, you know, I think we look at some of the, the veteran leadership that's still there, veteran players, you meet a uh, players who've been there throughout the Pete Carroll administration or players that they picked up. You know, they, they have guys who know what it takes to win. And I think, you know, going over the course of this season, 
I think they'll establish themselves as the best team. You know, the 49ers may still compete, and they may even uh, be in the mix for a wild card, but I I, I don't see the Seahawks really uh, losing this division this year. I think they're ready to play, and they're going to, uh, you know, if not get better, they're going to at least maintain a consistency over the course of the season that will get them back in the playoffs again. Yeah, I think so uh, as well. But uh, the only thing that concerns me is that offensive line is pretty bad. And if they get banged up, does that kind of change what they can do offensively? And they're secondary. There's a lot of young players there. Do they start progressing and becoming better or do they start regressing and start becoming more of a liability? They have a little bit more holes. But when you've got the defensive front that they have and Russell Wilson, you feel pretty good about your chances. Right, right, and I'll keep an eye on, on those two things, like you said, the, especially the offensive line. But the thing is, if you if you make if you make Wilson's have to scramble and make plays with his feet, he's still very much adept at doing that. So definitely, he's he's tough as hell. So he's going to find ways to win, even if he has a less than offensive line in front of him. So I'm, that's I'm with you. Go, go ahead. Yeah, so I just I'm confident in in those guys, and but I, I look forward to seeing how the Niners come out of this bye and see her. Uh, they're gonna have a pretty good contest coming up uh, in Week Five. They're hosting the Browns on Monday night, so uh, that might be a halfway decent Monday night game actually. Mm-hmm. And it'll be a it'll be a contest where they get to measure themselves up. Uh, Quite well against the Browns team, who we've already said is, you know, has some has some good things about them too. They haven't gotten off to the best start, but they're definitely a competitive team. But uh, yeah, let's uh, let's round up these these eight teams, top eight teams in the NFC. Uh, in the North, we have the Bears and the Packers, or the Packers and the Bears, as you want to say it. Uh, in the East. There's the Cowboys and the Eagles. In the South, uh, we have the Saints and the, uh, and the Buccaneers. And in the West, we have uh, Seattle, the Seahawks, and the 49ers, or the 49ers and the Seahawks. So uh, looking at our top 16 teams, I, 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 like I said before, uh, I would I would think, you know, outside of the top ten, I think you have to have the two teams from the, from the AFC South and the two teams, you know, because they're two and two, the two teams from the North as well. Even though, you know, like I said, they they're, you know, they've shown a lot at times, Cleveland and. and uh, Baltimore had, but you know they're only two and two. And, we, and we're looking at the rest of these teams. You're having, you're talking about, you know, three and one teams and better. So uh, you know, I think you look at those, the teams that are edging closer to the middle of the of the league. You know, from eleven to sixteen, you, know, you got those four teams to me, and uh, I don't know another two and two team who we uh, maybe throw in there. Maybe one of the two teams, one of the second teams from uh, 
maybe the the AFC, the NFC, yeah, the NFC South, and uh, uh, see who else is two and two? The AFC West, you have a two and two team there as well. Um, yeah, looking at who is kind of in the top ten, I think you got basically all the three and one and undefeated teams in there. And it comes down to a few two and two teams. Uh, I'm with you. I think the South, we can keep both of those people or both of those teams in the bottom. Uh, The Browns and the Ravens. I'm fine with that too right now. Um, I like uh, the Bills to be just outside of the top 10. I know that they're three and one, but I'm – I'm not convinced yet that they're a top 10 team. I, I got a lot of question marks. I don't know who they've really played that's been that good besides the Patriots, and they lost that game. I would have uh, the Chargers and the Buccaneers in that uh, top 10. Um, so I would really – I think I would leave the Eagles out for now as well as uh, those would probably be my six, the Eagles – the uh, two AFC South teams, okay. the two AFC well, we'll, North teams. We'll, I'll that's... give you the final vote. So the, those those will be our, those will be the immediate. Those will be the first six there. So you put. So you're putting. Uh, you say you're putting the Bucks in the top ten. Yeah, and the Chargers. Okay. They would be my number so ten and nine. Which team. which way would you put them as far as nine and ten? I would put uh, Chargers in front at nine. I'd put the Bucks at ten. I would probably have the Eagles uh, right at eleven and the Bills at twelve. I think that those four teams are pretty interchangeable right now. But uh, I'm going to go with uh, the Chargers and the Bucks just based on. I, I feel a little bit more confident where their offenses are at and their defenses should improve a little bit. I'm, I got a little bit okay, more questions. Okay, so on that's pretty much leading us up to our top eight. And so that that leaves in the top eight. In the NFC, you got the you got the Bears, the Packers, the Cowboys, and the Saints. And the uh, we also would have the 49ers and the uh, the two West teams, 49ers and the Seahawks. So it actually six teams in the NFC. Right, edging a little bit, uh, edge, edge a little bit of bias there, but uh, I guess that would that would leave the two remaining teams from the AFC to be the uh, Patriots and the Chiefs. So how would we how would we lay out those top eight teams? Well, I would have the Chiefs and the Patriots at the top. I think that they've been really impressive based on last year and so far this season undefeated mastered every game even the close calls so I feel comfortable with them at the top uh, from there I would go Saints just below because even though they have Teddy Bridgewater I mean they're just they continue to win and you know that if Drew Brees comes back soon rather than later that uh, this team is definitely going to be one of the best teams in football and right now they just they seem like the most complete team in the NFC to me. And maybe that's uh, even maybe that's not the right word to say because Teddy Bridgewater's in, but 
You know Drew Brees is coming back. He might be a little bit fresher for the second half run because he missed the first half. I think it's uh, I think it's positiveness right now for the Saints. Uh, below them, I'm going to go with the Seahawks, mainly because of Russell Wilson and a little bit more faith in what they're doing over the Packers, who I would have at number uh, five right after the Seahawks. They're pretty close to me. And, uh, you know, definitely close to the Packers is the Bears. I would have them at six. And uh, after that, I would have the Cowboys. I know that the Cowboys had a really great start, but I, I'm, I got question marks with that team. And I'm not ready to crown them as one of the best teams, especially after that loss to the Saints. That's a game that you win if you're one of the best teams in the league to me. And then that would leave the San Francisco 49ers at eight. And I'm good with them being there. I think that they – could easily be in the back half of these power rankings with uh, a bad loss this past week, but they had the I, li- I like that. I like high. that grouping. And, uh, yeah, I think that's a pretty fair fair initial uh, ranking there for the power rankings. So I I, I really got – yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm nothing too much that I would argue with there. I may – I may – there's some uh, – yeah, I, I guess. Yeah, I guess I'm, I'm, I may argue a little bit with the Seahawks, you know, uh, right after the Saints, but you know, may I may I may be willing to put Green Bay or or even Dallas. I may be a little bit up more up on Dallas than you are, but uh, I think the Bears at six is pretty good, and uh, like you say, those. Uh, you know, having the 49ers at eight makes sense. You know, even though they were undefeated, you know, they still have more to prove. And, um, yeah, the rest of the, you know, that bottom eight is pretty much pretty decent too. So, uh, yeah, really pretty good, pretty good, I think, initial uh, 16 that we have there, our, our sweet 16, however you want to call it. But that's our top half of the league. Going coming out of week four, and like I said before, we'll uh, we'll run the uh, I'll, I'll write out this whole list and uh, put it out on weareriverradio.com later this week, and uh, you'll be able to keep up with it as the season goes by. But uh, yeah, that's pretty good, man. Pretty good stuff, Ryan. And um, we got a uh, we got us our, our initial power rankings going, and we can utilize this initial list to uh, inform us for the future list that we make after the uh, the other quarters of the season. So the next one will be, you know, uh, as we enter November. And uh, and I expect uh, some yeah, big it could changes be. Very much in so, that very one, much for so. sure. So, yeah, we've we got some good games coming up. Uh, we, are, we already uh, alluded to a few of them. Uh, some, and some, a lot of these teams are going to be facing each other in the next month or so. So yeah, we'll will definitely be some impact made on the list as we uh, go into go from quarter two to quarter three. So uh, uh, should be fun to see how the league plays out. But uh, yeah, that's that's it for us right now. The all thirty-two uh, first power rankings, and uh, you know we'll we'll be back at it later this week with Bear Necessities as we uh, turn up the, the focus on the Bears and their trip to jolly old England to face the Raiders. But uh, 
for now, though, we'll uh, we'll just leave it at that. Uh, Ryan uh, making his trip into town currently. He's uh, multitasking, so he was, he was driving the entire time, and that he was that we were doing this. And I'm, I'm just saying that so that the audience could be more impressed with you than they already are. No, but not to, not to get too that. much behind the scenes, but you know, uh, the the man is putting in work, so you guys definitely should show him love for that, because uh, he produced, like I say, he produces Dean Davis as well, and he's on his way to doing that for another week, uh, as well as the great stuff that he does with me every week. So show him love for that, and uh, definitely read his stuff every week. It's uh, three and out is out now on the Bears and the Vikings and uh, fourth and goals will be coming pretty soon uh, previewing the Bears and the Raiders. So keep up with that and listen to the next Dean Davis show to come uh, Wednesday on SoundCloud, Thursday on War on Anchor. You can listen to the guys go over the Bears and the NFL as well as well as uh, other stuff and great stuff in sports as well. And, uh, yeah, that's it for now, though. Uh, our means here, weareradio.com, War Media, the saga continues. And, uh, you know, everybody, hope you enjoy your week. And uh, we'll see you uh, coming up in a couple more days with Bear Necessities, all right? Talk to y'all later.